0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Level Play Sports Podcast, your source for everything related to athlete brand management. My name is Dave Kalin, and I will be your host for today's festivities. Well, here we are in early June, and there's a lot going on in the sports world. Basketball and hockey playoffs are in full swing. Baseball, golf, and NASCAR are moving along, but the big focus so far is in the sport of tennis and the clay courts of the French Open. Now, for those of you unfamiliar with what's going on, Naomi Osaka, who is the number two ranked woman in the tennis world, she dropped out of the tournament citing mental health issues. Now, she had stated that All of the post-match press conferences with the crowds and the lights and the questions had triggered her anxiety and she didn't want to do them. Well, the organizers said, no, you do have to do them. That's part of your obligation as a player. And then they fined her $15,000 and then they threatened her with more fines or even disqualifying her if she didn't do the press conferences. So she decided to save her own mental health and withdrew from the tournament altogether. And she has received a lot of support from other athletes, not just in tennis, but from all over the sports world, saying, yes, the fatigue of traveling and the mandatory press conferences and all that can take a toll mentally on somebody, especially someone with a diagnosed mental illness. So this is definitely shining a light on the whole issue of mental illness in sports. It's certainly not the first. Uh, Bubba Watson has mentioned his anxiety on the golf tour. Kevin Love has mentioned his bouts with depression while playing basketball. And Ron Artest, a.k.a. Meta World Peace, cited mental issues behind some of his many outbursts, both on and off the court. So yes, mental health is a serious issue. We've come a long way in recognizing it, dealing with it, and treating it. According to Johns Hopkins Medical Center, in the U.S., roughly 26% of Americans 18 and over have a diagnosable mental disorder. Psychiatric and emotional impairments such as depression and anxiety are considered disabilities under the Americans with Disabilities Act. And thanks to the Affordable Care Act, mental health is now on par with physical health for insurance coverage. So when we're speaking about mental health issues, this applies not just to the general public, but to athletes as well. So to talk about this, not just about Naomi Osaka and her personal brand, but the overall picture of athletes dealing with mental illness, we have John Holman, the CEO of Level Play Sports. Now, we don't often ask the CEO of the company running this podcast to speak on this podcast, but this is an important topic and it affects all athletes from the pros all the way down to the up-and-comers and the weekend warriors, which Level Play represents as well. So with that, let's bring John in. John Hallman, welcome to the podcast. All right, It's good to be here, Dave. So in regards to this topic, what is expected of an athlete in the 21st century or the, the 2020s?
1: Well, I think there's a, there are a number of ways of looking at that uh, question. The first is from the business perspective, that you know, athletes and the, their ability to earn uh, significant amounts of money really fuels the business. And there are expectations when we're talking that, that type of uh, money. Uh, be it from advertisers, sponsors, the the press, uh, broadcasters, across the board, um, for some people the the sums of money are just otherworldly. They don't know how they don't know how to put it into perspective this type of money. And and I think there's a lot of talk around. Well, if you're going to get paid this type of money, it comes at a cost, and the cost is your privacy. The cost is your availability. It it comes at uh, a cost of how you support the organization, the league, the event, the game, uh, the team you play on. All of these things, I I think, come to bear when we're talking about the role of an athlete or what's what's expected of an athlete today. And they're all good points, but what gets lost in that, when we look at it purely from a business perspective and say, you know, advertisers and broadcasters are putting millions and millions of dollars in and they have expectations and we will contractually obligate athletes is, is there a toll on those athletes? Does that tear at them?
0: I'm saying, yeah. The, the, the players are considered like a representative of their sports and more media attention to a, a, a tournament or a league helps draw a bigger audience, sell more merchandise, sell more tickets. They have to play the quote, play the game outside of actually playing the game.
1: Yeah. You know, and what, it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And I think that, you know, it's a, it's a fair starting point for this conversation to look at it and then work our way back. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing that I think is often forgotten uh, in just presenting the business side of, of, of the equation is, how long did it take for this athlete or, uh, you know, we'll use Naomi Osaka as, a, as an example. How long did it take her to uh, reach this level? Many athletes, they start as young kids and the dedication, determination, the work to get there during their growth years, during when they're both physically and mentally uh, maturing.
0: And it's arguably even harder in an individual sport like tennis or golf or, you know, a non-team sport.
1: Yeah, well, I think the challenges across the board are just frankly forgotten about when somebody reaches the pinnacle of their sport. We don't think about where did they come from and how did they get there? There's just a lot of people who sit back and say, "Well, well, they're a millionaire and I'm not, and they should suck it up. They, this is the cost of doing business. And for many athletes, they see it that way too. You hear it in the interviews and the, you know, I think we sort of laugh at uh, athlete interviews because it's the same cliches over and over again. You know, when they don't do well, well, our team failed to execute against our game plan.
0: Okay. Play our game one game, play, play one game at a time. It's like, yeah, yeah, of course you do.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, we're not going to look at this loss. Uh, there's tomorrow we will get over it. We're already past it. Really? Have they, have they, have <laughs> they acquired those skills that many of us don't have? That if we have a bad day at the office, we don't just put it behind us and move on. It can carry forward. It can dramatically affect our career and livelihood. Uh, so, you know, to bring it back to the, to what generated this, uh, topic for the podcast, I'm, first and foremost, incredibly supportive of mental health awareness and support. Athletes, as well as people in the sport supporting the athlete, that this is big business. There is a lot of pressure. And we have to recognize that everybody deals with stress and pressure differently. Exactly. I mean,
0: it's a long, specifically in tennis or or any sport. I mean, it's a long tour or you know, for a team sport, it's a long season. There's lots of travel. There's lots of matches. You have to answer the same questions over and over again. I mean, it can be exhausting even for people who who like press conferences yeah. <laughs> and who like to
1: talk. And I don't think it's as simple to say, oh, well, you've achieved a certain level of status. So, you know, you just have to put up with this. I think there's a crossover point. You know, tennis is a, is a really interesting sport for men from a standpoint that many of us know the top names, the Federer's, the Nadal's, Serena and Venus. We know them, but what about the others that are part of the tour? The, The ones who are striving to be the best in class. We don't know who they are. And there's a moment where there's a transition from just being an athlete to being a celebrity. And the amount of Increased pressure, stress, obligation uh, greatly increases with celebrity, and maybe that's yes. you know where the the cutover point for somebody as it relates to their mental health happens. That celebrity is not something you train for. You don't um, you know get exactly. a coach at the age of eight to teach you how to be a celebrity or how to manage that. <laughs> they may treat performance, like let's get a performance coach in and help you with, you know, X, Y, and Z in your game. They may even bring in a mental coach, but they they couch it more from a mental performance, not a mental health, because still in this country, and and I think throughout the world, mental health has a negative stigma and that anybody seeking help uh, is either weak or um, cannot cut it. And I think that's wholly unfair to broad brush the topic that way. Well, fortunately, uh, I think the issues
0: of mental health have come a long way, uh, you know, specifically even just with, with with athletes. Athletes are actually listened to these days. And for what Naomi Osaka has, has done has, has shed even a, a brighter light on it. I mean, uh, you go back into an athlete let's just say in the 40s or the 50s uh, this wouldn't even um, internalize forever and you never would have even mentioned that they had even they were even shy they would just say play through it
1: yeah and and, and the effects of that may have m- may have manifested themselves in a shorter career uh, substance abuse things along those lines that just sort of get swept under the rug so I do think we're evolving the conversation I do think that uh, a light is being shown on it But that light sometimes comes with a negative stereotype that you cannot have a mental health issue and still be strong and i think that's that's something we need to wrestle with is how do we allow for athletes coaches uh front office staff people in in pressure positions to be able to say, I need help and not have it negatively affect them.
0: Well, fortunately, I mean, there's the Americans with Disabilities Act, and obviously I know that doesn't apply to the French Open, but uh, but on tournaments that will be in the US, maybe the US Open, some of the stuff that Naomi Osaka has gone through would apply to this and, and the tour organizers would have to uh, make accommodations for it.
1: Sure. But I've, I've always been troubled about regulation, mm. about laws, mandating things, because it doesn't address perception. You can have a structured framework of support, but it doesn't mean that quietly and secretly there isn't a kind of a black mark put on that, on that athlete or that coach, an asterisk, if you will. Will this be an asterisk in her life? And, and that, that scares me. Then it becomes closeted again. And See, that's I don't what agree. I, I think as
0: long as, you know, as long as she performs on the court, it's I, I don't it's like, oh, she overcame her mental illness and she still won.
1: Yes. But, you know, I think of uh, physical limitations um, as an analogy here that if she was five foot two, nobody would bring it up <laughs> as she overcame uh, her stature to be an amazing tennis player. And so why does that have to be a part of the narrative versus part of our unyielding acceptance that mental health is part of the equation, always has been. And what we're really working on now is how we address it. And I think she did exactly what she should have done, withdraw from the tournament and take time for herself. Yeah.
0: No, I, I think given this, given the, the situation, it allows the tournament to go on, to continue. And the tour promoters, you know, they need to make money. The tour sponsors need to make money. And, but what it will do is for the next major tournament, which I believe is the U.S. Open, things will change as a result of this.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think they, they need to. I think there needs to be visibility and uncomfortable conversations well i don't think that she
0: should have a free pass to just say i don't want to do press conferences anymore i don't think that she should be able to do that it's not so much that it's a an unfair advantage but that is something that the tour sponsors and the tour promoters should require of their entrance into the tournament but there are other ways there are other accommodations i mean just thinking outside the box here, maybe just have press conferences outdoors or have maybe questions over video or or just better questions. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the questions that she was asked of, you know, were about non-tennis issues that she'd been answered over and over again. And that's what caused a lot of her anxiety to begin
1: with. Sure, sure. And, and yeah, I think there is, uh, there's, Ample room for looking at the whole the whole requirement. Uh, how do you support the organization uh, and its ability to generate money, which directly affects the the amount of money athletes can earn? Maybe it's going to push for folks like Naomi Osaka and others to create their own tennis association. We've heard that, in, you know, in other channels and, and thinking about how do you improve? Do you improve by Trying to work within or do you you know start over? And so I think these sorts of questions force those conversations. And I think the net effect is good. Now, will there be fans who who disagree with her and won't support her and will forever dislike her when she when she plays? Yeah, there will be. We saw it with the reaction that some fans had as it relates to kneeling uh, for the national anthem. It's still a divisive topic uh, in some people's minds. And so will this be something that generates that type of discussion? Uh, I'm not sure.
0: Well, it's also interesting that uh, <laughs> the, what started Naomi Osaka's you know, celebrity is when she won the 2018 US Open when uh, Serena Williams had that kind of meltdown on the court. Naomi Osaka was actually booed for winning at the U S open. If you, if you see the videos, she's actually has her visor over her head. while except while accepting the, 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 uh, the trophy to hide her tears. And I guess that's kind of, you know, that's, that's a great way to, uh, <laughs> to start your, your career as number one. And that could have triggered the, the anxiety just to begin with.
1: Yeah. Cause that's a pivotal moment when you finally have reached the pinnacle and Your whole life, there were expectations or beliefs of what that moment was going to be like. And to have it be different Mm -hmm. can can leave a mark. Absolutely. It's just, you know, in our company, we we work with athletes and talk with athletes uh, and coaches. It's part of what we do at Level Play. We're cognizant of the stress and strain being in sport as a business. Is it any different than... You know, uh, having a senior level position, say at Apple, I think it's a different type of different. The celebrity part's not there, but we all encounter stress, which means we all have the potential to, to be in a situation where we need to ask for help and that asking for help should not be looked down upon. It should be supported and embraced. Now, exactly. business needs to adjust. There will be disappointed sponsors and disappointed advertisers if somebody drops out of a tournament. But do you know what? The tournament will go on. Well, and
0: for the record, uh, every single one of Naomi's sponsors has been supportive.
1: Which is is tremendous because they're they're speaking with their dollars. And that's what it comes down to in a lot of people's minds. You know, if you boil the argument down, some people say she's entitled. She earns, you know, $50 million in in a given year, suck it up. And there'll be others who can remove that from the equation and say, this is incredibly stressful. It's incredibly public. I mean, remember the number one fear in people's lives is public speaking. (laughs) Imagine having to go out and be on camera in a one-on-one sport like tennis, an individual sport like that. Golf's the same way. Exactly.
0: I mean, she could be halfway
1: through the third set
0: of a pivotal match and in her head, she's thinking, oh my God, what am I going to say in the press conference? And that could affect her play.
1: Yeah, it could. And then you make a bad shot and it's followed up with another bad shot or an unforced error of some sort. And you can just feel the house of cards crumbling within your own mind. We're not asked to do that on a daily basis. In my role as a CEO of the company, I don't find myself in that type of stressful moment in the public eye. I have no idea what that's like. And I think that's where I'd like to ask people when they, when they listen to this podcast or start to formulate their own opinion on how we um, work with those who are suffering from mental health issues is to really say, take a step back and ask if it was in your life, what type of help would you need? Or what type of help would you ask for? What type of support would you expect? Not only from your family and friends, but from your employer. And I think when, when we do that and we separate the money from it and this belief that somebody like Naomi Osaka, because she earns so much money is entitled. She's not entitled. She's human. exactly And that's, that's what I walk away with. And it's, it's something that, that as, as part of what we do at Level Play and the, and the companies that we work with, it is something that we bring up all the time, that mental health is an important component, just like swing mechanics in, in baseball or free throw shooting in basketball or putting in golf. It's part of the equation. It's just now becoming a part of the equation that more people are being, it's it's being brought to their attention. And I think it's, it's good for the sport. It's good for all athletes and coaches that this is getting a spotlight. Now I I hope the spotlight goes away and it's just a component of how we think about sport. And when these things happen, that we're supported in that way um, of really supporting the athlete or the coach. You know, we forget about, we forget about broadcasters. You know, they're, they're calling live performances. And they can make a mistake. And how devastating could that be for their career and for, for their mental health? So, you know, I, I, do, I do challenge people to remember public speaking is the number one fear of most people. And if that was, if being on a public stage was your life, how difficult would that be for you? And just start from that position.
0: How do you think moving forward this will affect you know, future athletes, specifically as athletes are getting younger, and yeah, starting younger women's gymnastics, they started four or something. <laughs> How are they going to manage their brand? But also managing your brand doesn't have to be through traditional media anymore. It can be through social media. I know that going back to Naomi Osaka, she released a lot of uh, her messages these past couple of weeks through social media, mm-hmm. bypassing the traditional media altogether. And I know LeBron James does that as well he takes advantage of his 50 or 60 million followers he does his normal interviews with through the traditional media post game interviews but when he really wants to get his message across he moves over to social media right
1: and i have I, i've got no issue with that from the standpoint of if i was in their situations i'd want to control the narrative as much as i possibly could mm. and when you're in a you're doing a podcast or you're being interviewed by somebody you don't know where it's going to go. You don't know that you may say something that could dramatically affect the trajectory of your career. So, using Twitter or Instagram, Facebook, and such to add a level of control to the narrative that you want to put out there to allow yourself to be, you know, thoughtful. And granted, some people still use Twitter in a very thoughtless way. <laughs> um, it's, I think, it's just an it's a layer of Security for, for an athlete, and I and I applaud that versus getting ambushed by an overzealous journalist or overzealous podcaster who who wants to who wants to speak about uh, you know controversial things versus the the tried and true questions about the game, uh, the sport itself, things along those lines.
0: Right, And especially in uh, in the past year and an era where athletes are getting a little more. Uh, uh, presenting their
1: activist views. Yes. Well, it, 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 it's interesting, Dave. I think we're both highly supportive on, uh, on, of athletes and coaches and, and people in sport. I think our, our belief systems are aligned. But let's pull it back to the business. And the one thing you know, for those who think it's not right for her to do that, because it is a business, business is proven to be adaptable. And that's what I think sport will do. They'll adapt. They'll evolve and we'll end up with a better game. Now it's entertainment. And if you don't like the the entertainment, turn it off, go watch something else, go do something else. But I think the sport uh, will take care of itself. So I'm not going to be a staunch defender of the business. And there's contracts, those contracts evolve. The types of contracts they're signing today are far different than the contracts they were signing in the seventies in terms in gives and gets. And so I think the sport will evolve. And I think somebody like Naomi Osaka is a catalyst for positive change.
0: Well, I think we'll end on that note. So we'll wrap it up. But uh, thanks to John Holman, CEO of Level Play Sports. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Thanks, Dave. I really appreciate it. This is an important topic and one that I hope uh, resonates with people.
0: Wonderful. Thanks again. I'll talk to you soon. Cheers. And that brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Level Play Sports Podcast. We ran a little bit long, but it's an important topic, and it'll be interesting to see how this all unfolds in the days, weeks, months, and years to come. Once again, I'd like to thank my guest, John Hallman, CEO of Level Play Sports. Good guy. As always, if you like what you heard today, then please subscribe, and you'll be notified of future episodes. And also, if you like what you heard, then feel free to leave something in the comments or send me a message directly. I can be reached at dave at levelplaysports.com. Of course, don't be a troll. But if you do have anything that you like to discuss or if you have any ideas for future episodes, then love to hear from you. Okay, that's it for now. Stay tuned for future episodes of the Level Play Sports Podcast, where we will discuss athlete brand management in more detail. For the Level Play Sports Podcast, I'm Dave Kalin. Have a good one.